0: How's it going folks how's it going i'm brother matthew and this is christian coffee time where we sit down together to study the word of god and here we are another day for another great study we're going to be picking up where we left off in our study of the gospel of luke so please grab your bibles notepads and pens and turn with me to luke chapter 9 and we got down to verse 36. So previously we were talking about um the mount of transfiguration and uh, what happened there. Um <clears throat> went through that and we talked about experiences uh, in general and how we got to be careful about putting over all stock in experiences. As we see as um, Peter was reliving this in his epistle in 2nd Peter chapter 1. He talks about this uh, we were there we saw it we heard it we experienced it but we have a more sure word of prophecy and he talks about the scriptures the word of god is more sure the scriptures are more sure of more value of more meaning uh, of deeper value than even the greatest experience and even voices of god from the sky the scriptures are more important than that the scriptures are more sure than that so That was a a very um deep study we did on that showing the full impact of scripture the importance of scripture and why we need to hold to it we need to study we we need to know what we're talking about Uh, many people say they love god they love the bible but they don't really apply it overall that much so we got to know what we're talking about when we call ourselves a Christian. Uh, being a Christian is not just in word only, uh, in title only. All because you love God, love Jesus, you believe in Jesus. You may be saved. It doesn't stop there. Uh, you, you don't just stop as soon as you get your golden ticket. Uh, we need to keep moving. We need to keep studying, keep reading, keep memorizing, keep applying it. it. There's so much that comes with this. And then, let alone, then we have our job to do. As all Christians are called to be witnesses of the glory of God, that to ed- edify the saints, strengthen the saints, call the lost to Christ, every single Christian, man, woman, and child, is supposed to be who believes in Christ, is supposed to be able to explain Jesus and salvation according to the Word of God. If you can't do that, how do you know that you're saved? If you do not know, how to explain to an individual, how to be born again saved according to Scripture, using Scripture. How do you know that you're saved? So we see the full impact that comes with the importance and the severity of Scripture. So we went over that. We looked at that in uh, the Mount of transfiguration uh, event. And now we're going to move on. Alrighty, so please grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 9, verse 36, and of course, grab your tea, grab your coffee. And if you have any comments, questions, issues, insights regarding this study at hand, then please, by all means, go ahead, ask away. If it's not related to the topic at hand, if you could just please hold that to the end of the study or to the next broadcast. We'll try to get to it then. want to try to limit our rabbit trailing which we always do anyways we're always all over the place but that's just how it works okay so good morning good morning good morning i'm just delaying just waiting a little bit here for any other people who are trying to race and run grab their coffee and tea and they're running across the room and they're running to get everything set up because they want to join in Okay, so we're in Luke. Now, as we understand the epistle here, this is a letter. And if you go all the way back to chapter one, you see how he is uh, signing this. I uh, uh, the introduction. This is a, a letter that he's writing of an account of the things that he has seen, the things that he has heard, and uh... <laughs> double cup and it's like yeah yeah give me hot. Uh, i like cold coffee uh i always get people screwing up their faces at me when i'm drinking cold coffee sometimes uh, when i won't, oh, don't finish my coffee i'll just dump what's left in the french press in there and then i'll put it in the fridge and leave it for the next day and then in the morning i'll open the fridge and grab a nice cup of day-old fermented cold coffee and i'll drink that i'll tell you that wakes you up it wakes you up real fast but yeah <laughs> All right, so, um, had to be cold from the get go. can't let it get cold and then drink it. Ah, well, you <laughs> don't know what you're missing. <laughs> okay, so we're rabbit trailing. Okay, so let, let's get back. Luke chapter 9. So, as this is a letter, uh, again some people look at this and they wonder okay well how did if this is just a letter from his own recollection of the things he's seen and heard how is he able to write so much detail if this is just a letter how is this how's there so much detail how is it so detailed so deep in so many things and 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 so much uh quote quoting verbatim of the exact words how how, how do we know this is correct how do we know that this is actually a letter hmm This is a question does anybody have an answer how is luke so detailed in a letter that he's writing to someone there's a couple answers there's a couple ways you can answer this so you can approach this what many people fail to remember is the majority of the books and passages and things in scripture are letters they are letters now as for the details the sheer amount of detail well this is where 2 timothy chapter 3 verses 16 to 17 second peter chapter 1 verses 20 to 21 comes in <clears throat> Where the spirit of god came down and told them what to write so it's divine intervention it's divine instruction it's divine teaching so the spirit of god comes down and gives them exceptional clarity and what did the lord say regarding the spirit of god he will cause you to remember the spirit of god causes you to remember so this is something actually rabbit trail this is something actually that uh i wish more christians could keep in mind you see people often say to me when i'm talking about evangelism and witnessing and counseling and bible study um, when I talk to people about preaching and giving messages and devotionals and all this kind of stuff people are always 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 saying it's like a knee-jerk reaction they're always saying but I don't know how to how to write I I wouldn't know what to say I I wouldn't I don't know if I could know or remember what to say in the moment people are always so fearful about not being able to know what to say write, or do in that moment but that's specifically what christ told us he would do if we would just go that if we would just remember to go to try to speak up that the spirit of god will cause cause thee to remember the words with which to say in the very moment he will teach us what to say He'll cause you to be in remembrance of everything we're into he has told us. He'll teach you how to pray. That suddenly, as you step up to the individual, or you step up in the pulpit, or you step out in the street, or you, you're going to go talk to individuals, suddenly, clarity comes. Topics come up. Bible verses just surface. That when you get behind the pulpit, and you're not sure what you're going to say, and you open up your Bible, and suddenly, the whole thing just floods out. Where does it come from the spirit of god the spirit of god the holy spirit the holy ghost the spirit of christ that dwells in the heart of every believer he teaches you what to say he causes you to be in remembrance of everything renter christ has told us when i come come to do the the broadcast here i don't study before i don't i don't study beforehand I don't sit down an hour before before broadcast and open my bible and go through it okay i'm gonna okay here's this and familiarize myself okay and this and then okay i gotta talk about this i gotta talk about this i gotta talk about this i don't do that Even this morning I just open my Bible. say okay where am where are we this morning for this so I could put in the title of the chapter and you know this like oh yeah 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 I forgot we're in chapter 9 oh yeah we're down to verse 36 oh that's yeah, right after Mount Transfiguration okay and I close my Bible and I tap in the thing I don't even plan and I sit down and talk and the topic just comes the words just come and, and Now we're talking about the moving of the Spirit of God in, in wisdom and knowledge and ability to go witness and evangelize and preach and teach and share the word. This is what it's all about, folks. Christians need to learn reliance upon the Holy Spirit of God to not even worry, fret, fear, doubt, care what to say beforehand it will just come out if you just go if you just stand up and you just start speaking it will all come he will give you the words with which to say in the very same hour i will teach thee what thou shalt say i will put my words in your mouth i will teach you how to pray my spirit which lives in the heart of every believer will cause thee to be in remembrance of everything 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 not a little bit, not some, everything. Where into I have told you, everything that you need to say, everything that you need to give forth in that moment will be given to you. Some people afterwards say, Oh, I should have said this. Oh, I should have brought this up. Oh, I should have talked about that. The Spirit of God didn't want you to say that. That's why you didn't. That what you did say, was enough for that time that you didn't need to say this this that and the other thing people are always kicking themselves afterwards oh i should have said this the spirit of god didn't want you that's why you forgot seriously that's how it works that's what that's about that's why you forgot because spirit of god didn't want you to say that but this is why it's so important also to memorize the word of god because here's a question for you how is the spirit of god able to bring things up of your in your memory if you haven't committed it to memory hmm light bulb moment so this is why we need to study and memorize the word of god memorize the passages memorize the gospels memorize and commit to memory thy word have i hid in my heart that's memorization of scripture Thy word have I hid in my heart, scriptural memorization, that I might not sin against thee. So not only do we memorize scripture to help us and guide us and instruct us in our walk with Christ and to uh, protect us from temptations, but it's also for witnessing and preaching and evangelism and counseling and edification and encouragement and all the rest. To protect us from the troubles of the enemy scripture protects us from the troubles of the enemy not our words not our thoughts not our philosophies not our strengths and abilities of anything scripture the word of God not sage and crystals (laughs) and unicorns and all the rest of that that nonsense garbage now you can burn all the sage you want you're gonna choke yourself out it does nothing demons are afraid of smoke yeah right because that's a thing but the word of God sets them to flight. The enemy runs at the word of God. His word is above his very name. That's how high and holy the Scriptures are. His word is above his very name. That's why the devils run when you quote it. Jesus showed this in, Ma- in Matthew chapter four in the temptation in the wilderness. Satan came to tempt Jesus. Jesus, it is written. It is written. It is written, and Satan ran. Jesus quoted scripture and Satan ran. He's setting an example for us. Scripture is so important. The word of God is so important that if we would just commit it to memory, if we would live it, love it, preach it, declare it, speak it, the spirit of God will help us to remember it. If you love the Word of God, you commit yourself to the Word of God, the Spirit of God will help you memorize it. He will help you to be able to study it. He will help you and He will teach you it. He will He will help you to remember it in the moment that you need it. Where do you think the Bible verses come from? And you sit down with somebody or whatever the circumstance is and you need a verse and pops up. Where do you think that came from? Well, I just remembered it. No, you didn't spirit of god brought that up we do not control scripture It takes the spirit of god to understand the word of god the spirit of god is the one that controls the word of god he's the one that brings up the word of god he teaches and instructs and he guides and he guards he gives the wisdom and the knowledge he gives the comprehension and the remembrance of it we do not control the scriptures he does he's the one that brings it up not us so How did Luke recall, remember, all of the incredible, incredible details for his letter? He had another voice dictating to him. As we see, the Spirit of God was upon the holy men of God, and the Spirit of God dictated to them, told them what to write. And they wrote it down. He he caused all of the details. Luke, As Luke's writing, he's writing the, the intro of his letter. And then he goes into about the life of Christ. He's like, oh, yeah. And he, he's like, oh, yeah, then that. Oh, yeah, then that. Oh, yeah, then that oh yeah jesus said this and then jesus said this and then this happened and then this happened and the pharisees said this and this happened and he's remembering it all verbatim because the spirit of god is causing clarity is bringing it up is rewinding the tape and playing it in luke's mind so luke remembers it that's what the spirit of god does because that's a thing because that's actually how it happens that's actually how it works For those of you speaking to the preachers and evangelists and Bible teachers in the audience here, you'll notice something strange happen. That when you, when you get at the table, the pulpit, or you're over at the person's house and you're talking scripture and you're counseling, preaching, witnessing, uh, evangelizing, whatever. Have you ever noticed how when you're done, when it's all done? And you step down from the pulpit you get up and you leave or you, you wrap you wrap it up you ever noticed how suddenly your mind just goes silent it's weird it is it, at first your, your mind is full and your verses and teaching and doctrine and principles and allegories and metaphors and instruction wisdom it's just all flowing and you're speaking and then when you're all done you wrap up and you step down and suddenly it's like a quiet is over your mind and you, you you're kind of wondering where did all that come from? That was the Holy Spirit of God speaking in your mind, flooding your mind with the wisdom and knowledge and verses and everything. And then all, and then all of a sudden when it's over, it all of a sudden just goes quiet. That's the peace that passeth all understanding. That's the joy and the peace of the, uh, uh, and the calmness. you ever notice? and when you're done, when you wrap up, you're, you're smiling and you feel so calm and peaceful and there's such a joy in you and you're wrapping up, that's that joy. Of the spirit of God where before this this was the impartation of the knowledge of God by his spirit within us upon your mind and 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 then the peace that comes upon you as the Lord is smiling upon you because you allowed yourself to be an instrument of his grace for that moment and the Lord is blessing you with that peace We allow ourselves to be voices in the wilderness. And that, folks, that, my friends, is what it's all about. The Lord says, go into all the world. I will be with you. I will be with you. I will protect you. I will provide for you. I will help you. I will teach you. I will give you the words in which to say. I will cause you to be in remembrance of everything. I'll teach you how to pray. I'll do everything for you. All I need you to do is just go. And if you're willing to go, if you would just go, I will give you all of this. You don't even need to worry about a thing. You don't need all the big high fancy educations. You don't need the diplomas and the certificates and all all that stuff. You don't need You just need the word of God and a desire to speak it. You just need the word of God and a desire to memorize it. You just need the word of God and a desire to live it. And he will be with you. And he'll do all the rest you don't need to worry about anything unlearned fishermen confounded the sanhedrin <laughs> god uses the weak things and the base things of the world to confound the wise you don't need to worry about a thing you don't need p- sheets and sheets and papers and papers of notes and notes and notes you know that can be fine and dandy like that, that works and you know, there's nothing wrong with that i'm just saying you don't need to rely on that you know there may be times you need the notes you're going through a specific study teaching series and you want to choose. that sounds fine the lord blesses that The lord uses that of course but the art the art the act of speaking from the spirit learning how to let the spirit of god just speak freely is being lost more and more people are relying on notes and books and, and and commentaries and everything else and they're not relying on just being able to free speak free preach where you, you got nothing but the bible and all of the understanding and knowledge and wisdom and insight and abilities just, just come to you well how do I learn that sit down and start talking stand behind the pulpit start talking get out in the street start talking talk start talking about how much you love Jesus watch what happens start talking about how Jesus saves us watch what happens it'll just come over you like a flood just start talking about the cross about the blood about forgiveness and salvation watch what happens you'll start smiling because you don't know where it's coming from it's just coming out the love and the passion the scriptures the doctrine the, the theology the teaching the point the purpose all of the love of Christ just comes flooding out that's what it's all about folks and you start relying more and more and more and more upon that the spirit of God lives in the heart of every believer spoke through luke and luke wrote of things that he's seen and heard an eyewitness of his majesty we were eyewitnesses of his majesty as peter says eyewitnesses are we not eyewitnesses of the majesty of christ well we weren't there specifically in the bible times what about our bible times hmm we're in the bible times are we not this is the church age that the bible talks about we're in the bible times what has christ done in your life what sees has has he split for you what miracles and provisions and helps and and works has he done for you How has he guided you? How has he instructed you? What has he taught you? How has he walked with you? Where has he led you? Speak of it. We speak of the things which we have seen and heard. And that's what Luke's doing right here. Yeah, he did not go up in the mount, but he's writing about those that did go up, what happened to them. Well, how does Luke know in such detail? Do you not think that the disciples talked about it afterwards? which we'll get to it was after the ascension after the ascension of christ and all this then they started writing down all the things that he heard about this and the spirit of god then told luke the details confirmed him the details so what gets in the way what gets in the way what can hinder all of this that i'm talking about our own fears our own fears our own limitations some of us may not be eloquent <laughs> me mother learned me who to spoke in me homey school education, so some of us may struggle with with words whatever uh did not moses we read about moses he, he was not eloquent he was not a public speaker god doesn't care about that because it's not our words anyways neither was paul paul was not an eloquent speaker but he had the knowledge see we don't speak our words it's not my words it's not me trying to string together a fancy phrase it's not about me it's not about my words i speak this i'm a backwoods country bumpkin i struggle with what to say but i know i can say this I talk about this i talk about this as the lord has shown me of the things that i have seen and heard i talk about i use scriptures words i use scriptures phrases i use the, the the doctrine and the theology and the terminology that scripture says i don't repeat what man says i repeat what god says i'm a repeater a repeater I repeat what Scripture says, what the Spirit of God says. What he brings up in my mind, I just speak. The words that come to my mouth, I speak. The Spirit of God wants me to talk about this. You don't worry about it. So many people say, well, I struggle with wondering what to say to these people. Good. You're, you are struggling to figure out what you need to say. You say what God wants you to say don't try to think about what to say you already know what to say well how could i refute what they're what they're bringing up god will refute it use scripture all of our abilities all of our words our arguments will fall apart and do not convict the soul what's the only thing that convicts the soul scripture the spirit of god blesses scripture not our abilities not our you know, fancy, high educated arguments. He uses scripture. And we take a look at this. Verse 36 And when the voice was passed, the Mount of Transfiguration, the Spirit of God. Uh, spoke and when the voice was passed Jesus was found alone and they kept it close. It told man in those days in those days They told no man in in those days that they wrote of these things spoke of it after the Ascension after you know The whole Pentecost thing and they started writing down that the Gospels Then they spoke about it and told no, no man in those days any of those things which they had seen verse 37 And it came to pass it on the next day when they were come down from the hill much people met him so jesus and a couple of his disciples went up into the mount of transfiguration and asked uh, to pray for a bit and that's where the whole thing would happen up there and as they're coming down all of the mass crowd that had been following had camped out at the bottom of the mount. they were all there all the tons and tons and tons of people and jesus comes down and when they were come down from the hill much people met him much people how many is much people lot Uh, that's the multitude the multitude in innumerable i have trouble saying that word innumerable people amount of people came to meet him and behold a man of the company cried out saying master i beseech thee look upon my son for he is mine only child this is the story of the father who had his son who that was demonically possessed many of us know that story and this is that luke giving the account of this from his perspective uh, how the things that how he sought what he heard the lord is causing to be brought up in remembrance of how he sought and heard it from his angle from his perspective now what happens well the parallel that a parallel that we can go over here is matthew chapter 17 okay so if you have your bibles handy please turn to matthew chapter 17. matthew chapter 17 and what uh verse 14 and when they were come to the multitude there came him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying lord have mercy on my son for he is lunatic. Now. Some people. Will take offense of that. And I don't care. Because well that's what scripture says. and God doesn't make mistakes. Now this does. Not. Mean that all mental issues are of the devil some people are naturally just that way um some people are born that way and sometimes this can come upon an individual it just, it happens so sometimes there's natural processes uh there's the way things are and then other times it can be brought on due to demonic opposition or whatever else now we see here lord have mercy on my son for he is lunatic and sore vexed for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oft into the water so there's something that has come upon this child that is causing this this child to be self-destructive now um something i just want to talk about here and this can be a little difficult um Firstly, what I want to do away with is any form of thought of the Roman Catholic rite of exorcism, which is utter garbage nonsense heresy. The the Catholic exorcism thing is utter garbage nonsense. Uh, Ignore everything that you've ever heard about that. So yeah, get rid of that now how exactly does this work how do you know if someone has a demonic spirit well sometimes you can't know you don't know uh but what are some red flags of demonic opposition demonic activity demonic possession what are some red flags well self-destruction is a massive massive red flag that you can basically Always be safe to say that there's an there's a demonic spirit, a pro, uh, 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 being a problem upon that person who is harming themselves. Self harm is demonic activity. The thoughts of suicide is demonic activity. The thoughts of self harm, self destruction, suicide, all of that kind of thing is demonic activity. Generally, one hundred percent of the time it is brought on firstly by uh by uh, heaviness of depression heaviness of depression is the first cause it comes in and you get discouraged you get depressed you get heavy you get upset and then you start uh, leaving off friends, start leaving off church, you start leaving off prayer, start leaving off bi- Bible study. Why? Because the devil's trying to isolate you, get you away from that which can bring you back. He wants to get you away from everything, isolate you, and then just pour upon you all fear and heaviness and self degradation and self hate, self loathing. Oh, I'm a nobody, no one likes me, everyone hates me, and I have no friends, and no one cares about me, and God's forgotten about me and you stop praying stop reading the bible you stop caring and it drives you deeper and deeper and deeper and then you start you start picking and cutting and harming and you start starving yourself and all this stuff and then you the thoughts of i should just end myself this is all demonic it's all demonic that's what they do it's just like in national geographic where you see in the serengeti how the lions when they run at the wildebeest they isolate one off from the herd they isolate it off and then they wear it down They wear it down. They chase it and chase it. It gets more tired, more tired, more tired, more tired, more more worn out. And they start nipping and biting and clawing, harming and harming, slowly bleeding it down. So finally it collapses. And then they just pounce on it and rip it apart. That's what the devils do to you. That's what they try to do to you. Wearing this child down, trying to kill it, trying to get this kid to kill himself. Self-harm self-destruction self-loathing self-degradation thoughts thoughts of suicide is demonic activity 100 percent of the time so we got to remember these things keep these in our minds keep these in our thoughts what does scripture say what does scripture say it doesn't matter what anyone else says it doesn't matter of the uh, of the education and the diplomas and the certificates and the notoriety and how popular and powerful and famous they are it doesn't matter who they are what scripture says transcends supersedes and trumps everything else it doesn't matter what high education and scientists and all them say and all that stuff what scripture says what scripture teaches The doctrines, the theology, the points, and the applications of Scripture transcend, supersedes anything and everything. Everything else is science falsely so-called. You see, the first thing that society does that starts falling away from the Lord is they start relabeling everything. They start relabeling sins. They start relabeling demonic activity that's not demonic activity it's just some other mental disorder or some other thing or some other problem or OCD or whatever else and they they make it rather something that you can medicate instead of something you need to repent of you need to repent and bring yourself back to the Lord for victory over it all the medicines and drugs and and psychologists of the world can't help you overcome demons just saying you can try all the science of the world it's not gonna overcome demons you can't chase demons away with psychologists anymore you can with sage you can't chase away demons with medicine and drugs anymore and you can't crystals mary can't do it the dead saints can't do it drugs can't do it psychologists can't do it medication can't do it only christ and his word can Only Christ in his word can. He's sore vexed. Sore vexed. What does that mean? Troubled and heavy and discouraged. Troubled. Severely troubled. Like a depression. That no matter what you do, you can't overcome the depression. You have this heaviness and depression upon you you've tried everything you've tried you've gone to church you sang the hymns you read the scriptures you prayed and fasted and fasted and prayed more you've done all everything you can you've been before the lord in tears and this depression will not go away you're sore vexed that's because there's something else going on there's something else going on you have an affliction that nothing works you've tried all the doctors all the drugs all the medications all the things you tried everything that you can nothing works sore vexed nothing works sore vexed sore vexed and for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oft into the water and often that there's heavy heavy attacks of heaviness and depression and, and emotional outbursts and anger outbursts you can't control yourself you can't control you're addicted there's addictions and other problems you can't control yourself it's like a man possessed almost you just you know in the back of your mind, you know what you're doing is wrong you do it anyways and there's nothing you can do so vexed there's no control nothing helps nothing works you can't get over it that's spiritual and i brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him you've gone to the church you've gone to the pastors you've gone to the saints they've prayed over you they've anointed you with oil and prayed over you you fasted and prayed nothing works extremely sore vexed then Jesus answered and said oh faithless and perverse generation how long shall I be with you how long shall I suffer you bring him hither to me so you come to Christ you come to God you after you've tried everything you give up you come to the Lord one last time how long shall I suffer you bring him hither to me and Jesus rebuked the devil he and he departed out of him for the child was cured from that very hour now if you go over and look in the other gospels what's also mentioned is as they're bringing the child to jesus the child is thrown down in front of everybody and has a thrashing foaming fit what does that sound like he just starts thrashing and foaming and screaming and having a psychotic fit a psychotic episode doctors and psychologists will call that all different kinds of different things but what does jesus call it demonic possession demonic possession especially if anything biblical is mentioned and they have an adverse reaction to it if an individual Has an adverse reaction to anything biblical that's demonic activity the moment jesus is mentioned the face goes dark the moment you start praying and they make every excuse not to pray they make every excuse to not partake in that which is biblical they make every excuse to get away from stop make excuses for anything about christ and prayer and scripture in church it's demonic activity I've seen it quite a few times. Personally, with my own eyes, with my own ears, in person, I have personally witnessed it, I have personally seen it, and I have personally experienced it. I remember very vividly. Before I came to Christ, I remember when I was in the world of the occult I was practicing shamanism and witchcraft and wizardry I had many familiar spirits I remember very vividly hating going to church I remember when to keep up appearances so nobody would know what I was doing I would go to the prayer meetings I didn't want to pray it it was like pulling teeth to try to get me to pray I remember one time in church we were singing the hymns I remember holding the hymn book standing with everyone else and any time the name of jesus or anything about jesus was being mentioned in the hymn something was choking me and would not allow me to say the name every time the mention of christ came up i physically couldn't say it it was like a choke like I would lose my voice for that one second that that they were singing the name or a mention of the name of christ an aversion to christ an aversion to scripture an aversion to praying uh, excuses to not pray excuses to go to prayer meeting go to church you want nothing to do with it you make excuses for it you'd rather not go it's the last thing you want to do it's demonic activity oh I had real bad really bad temper back then everyone struggles with emotions everyone gets frustrated everyone gets upset from time to time it happens but frequent regular uncontrollable emotional fits is not something that is regulated by drugs is psychologists can't help you that's demonic activity uncontrollable emotions is demonic activity uncontrollable uh, emotionals uncontrollable frustration you get mad at everything all the time You, you you have a fuse like this that's demonic activity regular anger wrath and raging demonic activity love of am drawn to dark things constantly demonic activity we medicate everything our society medicates everything the society throws drugs and medicines at every single flinch and movement of the devils because society doesn't believe in god They don't believe in devils. They don't believe in demonic activity. They do not believe in this, what we're reading right now. They don't believe in it. They think it's nonsense. Oh, this kid just had some mental disorder. It wasn't devils, he was demonically possessed. Jesus rebuked the devil in this child. That wasn't a misdiagnosis of Jesus. But Jesus in matthew chapter uh, 17 verse 18 matthew 17 verse 18 and jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour then came the disciples to jesus apart and said why could not we cast him out then how come if you're saying this if you're saying this how come we've tried that we've tried rebuking we've tried casting it out we've tried all this and nothing worked why didn't it work for his disciples why could not we cast them out we have tried praying and fasting and praying we've we prayed over them anointing them with oil and we've we've had all done all the things nothing works why could not we cast them out and folks this is where i also want to point out just one thing this is why it's so important to have the accurate bible translation the english language or whatever language you speak why it's so important to have it accurate to the original hebrew and greek manuscripts because in the vast majority of bibles and this is why i want you to turn i want you to turn to matthew 17. i need you to see this i need you to see this okay matthew chapter 17 verses 20 and 21 because in the vast majority of newer bible translations they omit the most important point that jesus says about demonic uh about casting out the demon about dealing with the demonic and jesus said unto them because of your unbelief okay firstly now this is not omitted this part i'll get to it in a moment because of your unbelief you see the problem with the vast majority of christians today is they don't really believe in demonic activity they don't that i have seen it uh, that most christians i know i'll just say it very plainly most christians i know from close friends family relatives and other other people i know people i met online most christians i know do not believe in the sheer magnitude, depth, and reality of demonic activity, they make excuses for everything. Oh, you know, it's natural, it's this accident, just circumstance, or whatever. And they make excuses for everything. And they will not acknowledge the fact that this is what it is. Demonic activity is so prevalent today, it's no different. How it was for the bible time with jesus with jesus it is exactly the same we've just redefined everything we've just re re termed everything we've just labeled everything differently because of unbelief because you're doubting because you're not believing also because mo- most christians a lot of christians don't believe in the absolute power of prayer they're doubting doubting in their prayers they doubt their prayers they doubt their faith they doubt their relationship with Christ they don't believe that this is going to work they don't believe that just calling upon the Lord will actually do anything they say you know oh Lord please help me if it's your will and they leave this cop out loophole so that if it doesn't work they won't be so put out but this is praying unbelieving praying doubting praying faithless prayers faithless prayers Faithless prayers destroys the, the, the movement of the hand of God. God is not going to work in and bless where people are doubting and fearing and unbelieving. This is why the Lord spoke so much upon not doubting that which you ask. But Walk in faith, pray in faith, seek in faith, ask and you shall receive. It is so many passages. And then James 1, 6 7 If a man asks in faith, doubting it's like a wave of the sea driven at the wind and tossed for let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord because of your unbelief now this is where prayer and fasting comes in prayer and fasting comes in Why it's so important and you know think about it folks if you think back just for a moment when was the last time you actually heard a preacher in the pulpit actually preach on pr- prayer and fasting when was the last time you heard it 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 is one of the most commonly ignored forgotten doctrines of scripture because no one really wants to do it because it's hard and it's laborious and you get hungry and sugar gets low and every excuse and every other thing make every excuse in the book to not fast and pray but the lord spoke on the importance of this because this is what gets rid of the doubts and fears and heavinesses and distractions and hindrances uh, that that try to keep us from the joy of the spirit of god prayer and fasting helps us and brings us closer to the lord it strengthens our faith it strengthens our walk it strengthens our joy it strengthens our belief for verily i say unto you if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed now here's the mustard seed thing Jesus talks about the mustard seeds uh, uh, a fair bit now you'll notice modern translations uh, call it the smallest the uh, uh, the smallest of herbs the smallest of seeds now the these there's the importance here I don't want to really get into that that's a rabbit trail but but look what scripture says the grain of mustard seed now you shall say unto this mountain remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove now when jesus says Ye speak unto this mountain be that removed and it shall move it so and some cast up to the sea was he talking metaphorically or literally was jesus talking metaphorically or literally both if you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed you could say unto the sun and moon do not move until the battle is over and the sun and moon will, will stand still in the sky that was literal joshua did that the sea split water came from a rock the jar of oil and barrel of meal did not run out Peter walked on the water. The iron axe head floated. The fire did not burn Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The lions turned into little kitty cats for Daniel. The staff turned into a snake for Moses. The lepers were cleansed. The blind could see. The lame could walk. The dead came back to life. Scripture is literal, folks. Scripture is completely, 100% literal. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? You see, we we live in a Christianity that is physical and material. And we only believe in that which we can see, hear, feel, sense, smell, taste. We only believe in that which our senses can manipulate. And that which we cannot manipulate in some manner, we don't believe in. We have trouble believing in it blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe you see belief goes beyond the senses folks Belief goes beyond the mind it goes beyond the intellect beyond that which you know beyond science science can't dictate God you can't write God down on paper you can't explain God Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Can the clay form, can the thing form, say to him which formed it, Why have you made me thus? Who art thou, O man? Faith goes beyond the senses. It It goes beyond the moment. It goes beyond everything that you can think of. And surrounding us is a multitude of witnesses, of angels and demons. We can't see it, but they're there. How do we know they're there? God said so and from time to time we can sometimes see their movements but if you have faith the size of a grain of mustard if you would just just believe what you're told this is what Jesus is saying if you would just believe what you're told I've told you oh faithless and perverse generation how long shall I uh, shall, shall I stand you this is why he says this faithless perverse faith perverse belief you say you believe but you're not believing you say you love but you're not loving you say you love me but you don't act like it you say you believe in the scriptures but you don't believe it this is what he means jesus says but if you would just say in faith believing to this mountain be thou moved it would move mountains metaphorical allegorical and literal nothing shall be impossible unto you think about that folks just for a moment this is where all the cessationists will start screaming i don't care cessationists are wrong nothing shall be impossible to you Whatsoever you ask in prayer and faith, believing, it shall be done. How many times did he say that? If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what what you will, and shall be done unto you. How many times did he say that? Well, that was only for the apostles. Well, then, might as well throw your Bible in the garbage then. It's meant for us just as much as it was meant for them. Just as the Old Testament is meant for us to learn from, as it was for them all scripture is given and is profitable all scripture nothing shall be impossible unto you nothing nothing then if you're saying that if you you say that so much but how come then when i pray and i ask the lord nothing happens i ask ask and 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 nothing happens i pray for days weeks months years nothing happens how come Same thing happened to Daniel. He prayed earnestly. Twenty-one days, he fasted and prayed for twenty-one days, and finally the angel came, and the angel said, "Daniel, from the very first day thou didst set thine heart to seek after God. He heard you and sent me for your request. But as I was coming, the princes of Persia withstood me one and twenty days, until finally Michael came and fought with me against the kings of Persia." and now i am here for your request princes of persia kings of persia what is that those are old testament terms for devils princes and kings some devils are more powerful than others and they will oppose and hinder and blockade your prayers they will blockade your works your actions they will fight everything in your life they will cause issues in family and friends and faith and work and church and devotion and prayer life and everything they'll get in they'll try to cause problems and issues and troubles in everything and everything of everything in your life why to kill your faith to make you unbelieving to make you faithless to make you joyless to make you doubting and fearing and heavy and heavy and depressed and everything but nothing shall be impossible to those who believe everything is possible to them which believe is what jesus said specifically now i want to leave you with a thought here folks i'm gonna move on i'm not not stopping here i want to leave you here with the thought on this one just for a moment i want you just to just take a moment please would you please just take a moment and i want you to think about what does it mean to BELIEVE. I want you to just meditate on that one just for a moment. What does it mean to believe? You believe in Jesus. For your salvation. What does that mean? Believing in what and why and how and all, all the contexts. You say you believe in God. Believing in what? What does it mean to believe? How deep is the belief? What is the implication of belief? What does it mean? Olga, what does it mean? To trust with all your heart think about the words that you're saying there you say that but what does that mean you see we are wired to react with certain pronouncements of affirmation of faith but what does it mean what does it mean to say you have faith what does it mean to say you believe what does it mean to say you trust with all your heart do you actually Or is this just something you say out of a term of religiosity? What does that mean? You haven't seen God. You haven't seen Jesus. You haven't seen angels and demons. Well, maybe you have. But but what does it mean? It goes beyond the senses. It goes beyond physicality. It goes beyond materialism. It goes beyond my understanding. I can't term it i can't explain it it just is it just is okay then how can i have faith and belief that transcends my fears because my flesh is never going to stop doubting flesh is never going to stop doubting flesh is never going to stop fearing flesh is never going to stop bringing up hindrances of faith and then on top of that the devils are never going to stop so if you can't stop the fears doubts heavinesses and depressions then what can you do this is where you listen to spirit you pray in the spirit you walk in the spirit you live in the spirit you speak in the spirit this is why scripture keeps talking about living praying speaking thinking meditating living working on the spirit because the spirit believes completely 100 percent, like a child but this flesh doesn't my flesh wars with my spirit and i cannot do the things i would I struggle with sins and addictions and problems and negativity and all the uh, doubts and fears and heavinesses is constantly, constantly, constantly. What is repentance? Repentance is coming back and ignoring that and forsaking asking the Lord to forgive that and then living in the spirit. You will never become sinless. You'll never overcome those things. There will be upon you until you go to be with the Lord. But what can you do? Learn to ignore them. Learn to oppose them more learn to cold shoulder the more and walk in the spirit and, and knee-jerk reaction of the spirit more what helps you do this more albeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting verse 21 verse 21 matthew 17 verse 21 is omitted you know what is omitted in modern bible versions fasting fasting Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Matthew seventeen, twenty-one. Is the word fasting omitted? Jesus specifically, explicitly says in the original Greek of the New Testament manuscripts that what overcomes devils is prayer and fasting. In the vast majority of modern bible versions and fasting is taken out read your bible tell me in your bible is and fasting included why is that important why is that important What does fasting do well when you grab your bible and you do a study on fasting you'll notice there's an interesting concept that comes with it the act of not eating or the act of denying something in your life is not the thing that gives you power or any kind of thing like that what fasting does is it weakens it weakens the flesh that's matthew chapter 17 verse 21 matthew 17 verse 21 fasting weakens the flesh it denies the flesh so that it gets easier to subject the flesh with the affections and lusts to the things of the spirit so the flesh isn't in control of you your fears worries doubts and all the addictions all that stuff it doesn't control you the spirit is over the flesh and it gets easier to react in spirit and not flesh you're having trouble controlling your emotions fast and pray and the spirit will over over uh, over, uh, overcome and be in control fast and pray prayer and fasting is one of the first things the devil will attack you don't want to and you'll make every excuse in the book to not fast and pray why because the flesh knows the devils know they know that if you were to fast and pray you would overcome those issues the devils know it and they'll start screaming in your ear every single excuse in the book and will sway you against prayer and fasting. Now, okay, how can I fast and pray? You know, is it just you know, not eating altogether, or how does it work? What do you do? Well, there's no magical, you know, specific ritual of it. You can you can fast from technology. You can fast from junk food. You can fast from leaving your house you can fast from whatever you can fast from food or you can fast from certain foods it's just what thing is a stronghold in your life what is something that that your flesh cares about so much give that up for a period of time cold turkey cut it off for a period of time it's a form of discipline upon the flesh to put the flesh back into its place so the spirit can succeed and it can be you could do it for a couple hours a day a couple days some people have done it for over 40 days some people have done it done 40 day fasts some people fast quite often multiple times every single week It, it there's no set ritual you could do it whenever it just you give it to the lord and he will guide you in it he will tell you tell you where to start how to go about it when to end it don't worry about it we talked about at the beginning of this broadcast you don't worry about it he will tell you he will guide you you'll know when it's over so look in your bible matthew 17 21 some devils are more powerful than others let me just talk about this one just for a moment now in the angelic realm at the very beginning when god created the heavens and the earth okay it's before the fall of satan in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and in this is the inclusion of the creation of the heavenly because as we see heaven itself is within the realm of time because heaven had a beginning and heaven has an end he creates a new heaven and new earth and angels were created so they're within the realm of time now in the creation of heaven and in the heavenly in the angelic realm that god created the angels there's multiple different types of angelic creatures there's the beasts there's the giant angels the one one foot in the land one foot in the sea and they bellow out the proclamations of god the giants the size of a mountain uh, you got the messenger angels and then Gabriel the head messenger you have the warrior angels um, the, the in the fiery chariots and them and then Michael the the Archangels only one Archangel in charge of the army of God and then you have the seraphims the singers that go round about the throne and the ophanims, those are the wheels full of eyes that follow the seraphims around the throne and then the cherubims which are the guardians of God's holiness that stand round about the throne and then Lucifer was the head of cherubim the anointed cherub, the one on top the highest created being of all created beings and some angels are more powerful than others now when lucifer rebelled one third of the angel angelic realm uh, a swath right up through the hierarchy of the angelic realm a third of them sided with lucifer and this hierarchy of angels became an inverted hierarchy so now you have an inverted hierarchy of the demonic realm some demons are more powerful than others you have the regular devils the mischief makers and then you have the uh, the um, more difficult ones and you have what's called the lower lords these are very 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 dangerous very powerful beasts then you have the lower gods these are the ones that set themselves up as the false deities the false gods that get worshipped by the pagan nations and then you have lucifer some of these now some devils a simple rebuke and they run others you call upon the lord in prayer and in the name of the lord jesus christ to rebuke you and you command them and they throw a fit and then they leave some can resist a bit and others can resist a lot and this is what jesus talks about some of these come not out but by prayer and fasting and fasting. If you're praying and 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 nothing is happening, is it princes of Persia or kings of Persia that are blockading your prayers like Daniel? If you're praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and nothing is working, nothing is working, nothing is working, you need to fast and pray. You need to fast and pray. Some of these devils, What is it that Jesus cast out of the boy? The devil. Look at Legion, the demoniac. Sometimes there can be more than one, sometimes there can be entire hordes of them. You may never know what exactly is involved. You don't need to know their names. You don't need to go to deliverance ministries and all this kind of stuff. You need to fast and pray. You need to get yourself close to the lord you need to examine yourself to see if you're in the faith you need to see what's going on have you brought this on yourself is there some some sin in your life that has attracted them or what's going on or is it just flat out like daniel they're just attacking you like job they're just attacking you because you're close to the lord that happens a lot what's going on what are some red flags to tell how's your devotional life that's the first thing they attack. Number one, first thing, the very first thing, the moment the devils look at you, the first thing they go at is your devotional life. First thing, before anything and everything, first thing is they want to limit your prayer they want to trouble your prayers they want to deaden your devotional so that it starts getting colder and colder and colder and shorter and more bland and there's nothing in it and it just becomes regurgitation of lists and traditionalism and then it just dies off and you get too busy too busy too busy so full so scheduled you don't have time for the Lord hardly at all and it gets rushed and then it gets dropped how's your devotional life how much time do you spend with the Lord How's your prayer life? The next thing they attack is your church life. You start leaving off prayer meeting. You start making excuses for church services. You sit in the pews and you're not really paying attention. You're daydreaming, wandering wandering of your mind. You're not really paying attention. As soon as the service is over, you forget what was talked about. You don't really think about it. The moment it's over, you're out the door and you've completely forgotten what it's all about. That's what they do. They attack your devotional life then they attack your church life then they attack your faith your trust they start weakening it and breaking it down more and more more doubts more fears more heavinesses more depressions until your faith is nearly killed then they go for your throat this kind cometh not out by prayer and fasting because what does prayer and fasting do it undoes everything that they've done it brings you right back you give yourself to prayer and fast sometimes it takes a little while you'll notice you'll notice the moment you engage prayer and fasting all hell breaks loose i'm telling you if you want to see Manifestations of the enemy of their them at work. Start fasting and praying. Everything will be thrown at you. All the distractions, all the hindrances. Invitations to dinners, to barbecues, to banquets, and people buying you food. People, family showing up, wanting to have something to eat, and the the people start doing all kinds of things to get you to eat, to stop your fast, to break your fast, to break your prayer life. Everything will go nuts every time you try to pray. Distractions galore. The cats, the cars the cows the dogs the kids everyone starts going nuts phone rings notifications flies buzzing around there whatever to distract your prayer life you can't hardly keep your thoughts in line because you're daydreaming like crazy every time you try to pray sound familiar does that sound familiar that's demonic activity you see The devils don't care if you read the Bible and pray just as long as you don't apply it to your life, as long as you don't take it seriously. The devils don't care if you go to church as long as you don't apply it to your life and take it seriously. You see, it's the serious saints that are threats of the enemy. our feelings need to be hurt now what i mean by that if we're not broken before the lord you're not taking the faith seriously if you're not emotional about the faith if you're not passionate about the faith you've missed the point if conviction doesn't break you you're not taking it seriously. And if you're not taking the faith seriously, the devils own you. You're a Christian that is manipulated by devils. I'm not saying you're possessed christians cannot be possessed but you can be oppressed you can have all kinds of devils in your house walking up and down your hallway going through your through your bookshelf you have devils sitting in the kitchen sitting in the living room and they're right at home because you're not a threat to them and they're there to hinder you distract you harm you trouble you affect you in every way they possibly can Uh, they'll try to break you they'll try to break your faith and they'll live in your home They'll sit beside you in church. And anytime the pastor goes to say something, they'll stir you up to get angry, depressed, and negative, daydreaming, uh, thinking about something else, not paying attention. They'll ride with you in the car. They'll sit with you at work to, to try to keep you in that state permanently. And what's the only thing that can break that? Prayer and fasting. Taking the faith seriously. Repentance. A broken heart before God taking the faith seriously and the moment you do I'm telling you the devils will throw themselves in fits they'll throw themselves in fits just like this boy you can't cast the devil out people can't cast the devil out and religion and traditionalism and medicine and drugs and psychologists and science cannot cast out devils money big bank accounts vacations will not break depression the spirit of heaviness as Isaiah the prophet wrote about the spirit of heaviness is conquered how by the garment of praise all the vacations all the money all the cars all the wealth all the jobs all the people all the fun all the entertainment everything else all the psychologists and drugs all the alcohol and all the stuff will not overcome demonic activity nothing works sore vexed nothing works luke chapter 9 verse 41 and jesus answered, said oh faithless and perverse generation perverse generation perverse Faith? Could I have perverse faith? Perverse? A faith that God calls perverted? What's perverted faith? Why call ye me Lord, Lord, but do not do as I say? You say you love me, but in works dishonor me you pray doubting psalms sixty-six eighteen, but if i regard iniquity in my heart the lord will not hear me unrepentance stubbornness rebellion ignorance of scripture refusing to witness refusing to pray cheapening prayer no love of god putting the world and work and business and life first before the lord running to running to doctors before running to god running to the pills before running to prayer and fasting running to psychologists instead of the lord being your counselor isaiah 9 6. he's our counselor he's our god he's our mighty great physician he's our redeemer he's our help he's our wisdom he's our knowledge he's our provision we run to the bank before running to god perverse generation You don't believe it you doubt you make excuses for everything you don't turn everything spiritual that's perverse but the lord says however bring him hither to me grace the lord forgives the lord forgives he will not cast us away he will not disown us he will not ignore us he does not hate us he does he does not you know disown us he'll chastise and bring us back again he'll show us how we're wrong he'll convict us if you're willing to let yourself be convicted otherwise you're searing your conscience with a hot iron and as he was yet coming the devil threw him down and tear him The devil will try to throw you down and they'll tear you sore. They'll rip you apart, they'll rip apart your mind, they'll rip apart your senses, they'll start coming on you like lions upon wildebeest, and the claws and teeth will just start shredding you to pieces. You'll feel shredded and broken and beaten and battered, your emotions and your mind and your senses, your life, your family, your friends, and everything will be shredded to pieces. You'll be so broken before the Lord, you'll feel worthless and of no value. The devil tore him, and Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the child. But the Lord can heal you. He puts you back together. He pours in the oil and wine upon the wounds. And He binds us up. And He strengthens and heals us. And He lifts up the head which hangs down. He lifts up the hands which hang down. He confirms the weak ankles. He strengthens the feeble knees. He puts us in a new heart. He puts up in us the joy and the gladness. And He restores us. The Lord restores that which devils tear you will be torn at some point you will be shredded at some point in your life you will go through this at some point in your christian life it's inescapable it will come upon you but the point is is that when that happens to remember we are like this child the devils will make you doubt and fear and be in unbelief and you'll be angry and broken and torn and shredded in some way the lord says come unto me come to me bring all the pieces keep nothing back cast all your cares upon him jesus will rebuke the evil he will rebuke the unclean spirit he will heal the child and deliver him again Again. And delivered him again. Again. Sometimes this can happen more than once. Sometimes only be once. Some people may go through their Christian life and not really have much happen. But all because it doesn't seem to be as severe in other people's lives as yours doesn't mean that what they're experiencing is any less of a severity than yours. Some people may not experience what you're experiencing. You cannot base your experiences upon others. Everybody's is personal. To not judge your holiness by other people's standards of holiness. To so not judge your relationship to God comparing it to other people's relationships. You have no idea what's going on in that person's life and mind. That Christian sit beside you at church. That family member is a Christian. You have no idea what's going on in their secret life and in their mind that you cannot see. Everyone puts on a good face. Everyone puts on a good face. Everyone pretends. Everyone at church is fine and is and is doing all right. Everybody. But behind that smile is absolute turmoil. Everybody is affected. The devils attack everyone. Why? They want to destroy the witnesses of God. They want to destroy your faith so that you're unusable. They want to try to hinder the, the the opportunities of witness and evangelism and outreach and of showing of the glory and majesty of christ they want to try to limit the church they want to weaken the church they want the churches to shut down and chain up and stop being witnesses and lighthouses they want you to stop singing stop praying stop witnessing stop evangelizing stop being witnesses of god's majesty how can someone who is broken and in turmoil be a witness of the majesty of God? They're not. They can't be. How can a person who is in utter depression be a lighthouse of Christ? That's the point. Some Christians, it takes stronger devils to bring them down. All because you're a strong Christian. All because you're a Christian for 50 years. All because you've done this. All because you've been on the mission field. All because you're in the pulpit. Does not mean you won't be attacked. The devil will just send stronger ones at you. If they can't attack you, they'll attack your family. They'll attack your kids. They'll attack your dog. They'll attack your job. They'll tear down your, your... your lifestyle they'll do something to get at you they'll bring their hammers and chisels and they'll work at any and every single angle of your fortress that they possibly can until they find a weak spot and they'll just go to town on it they'll attack your thoughts they'll attack your dreams they'll attack everything nightmares night terrors, sleep paralysis anything everything your kids in the middle of night that the the animals they'll talk anything and everything to wear you down They'll wear you down but what brings us back every time what brings us back the righteous man falls seven times and rises again what brings us back it's not about the fall it's about the rising up god knows we're gonna fall flat on our face in the muck again and again and again and again and again it's like a three stooges comedy or something the moment we get back up we're right back down in our face again the lord knows this it's not about the faults but the but the determination to get back up i don't care how many times you knock me down i'm getting back up sometimes it may take me a little longer to get back up but i'm getting back up there's no devil of hell that's gonna keep me down if it takes me to fast and pray for weeks or months then that's what it takes i'm getting back up regardless what the devil's throw at me regardless what they do to my family my job my livelihood or whatever else i don't care what they do take the world believe me jesus like Job, took everything killed his family turned his wife against him destroyed his house took away all of his livelihood took away his health from, from from head to toe covered in boils even his friends came and started railing on him and he was sitting in sackcloth and ashes scraping the pus from the boils of broken pieces of pottery and he's sitting there his whole life destroyed but he praised God though he slay me Yet while I trust in him, that's the point. That right there is what prayer and fasting does. It brings a determination, a limit take everything but you're not taking my faith you're not taking my god take my head if you want like paul they did to paul like they did to john the baptist take my head if you want you're not taking my faith you can destroy my house you can burn it to the ground you can turn my family everything against me i don't care what you do you can't take my faith my god is with me and you can't break my grip on his hand oh it might get shaky our knees will knock we could lose strength to stand in our legs but our hand is death gripped on the hand of god where is your death grip what are you holding on to you holding on to people they'll betray you they'll that they are weak they are not god the issues and problems and troubles and struggles can arise in that you can't trust people you can't trust money you can't trust health you can't trust jobs you can't trust this world can't trust the universe you can only trust god where is your death grip what are you holding on to prayer and fasting strengthens your death grip on christ verse 43 and they were all amazed at the mighty power of god they were all amazed at the mighty power of god luke 9 43 they're all amazed at the mighty power of god what amazes us not this world not physicality materialism not people nothing in this world can help you drink all the coffee you want it's not gonna bring you joy pleasures are only temporary people look for for relief in the bottle They look for relief in drugs. They look for relief in people and things and entertainments and stuff, but it's all dead. It's empty. That's why they have to keep going at it again and again and again and again. But the Lord brings a permanent joy. The pleasure of God, of the joy of the Spirit, the oil of gladness is permanent. The Lord will never leave you. He's always right there. All you got to do is believe. Just believe. You're sitting in a grassy field. You've lost everything. You've lost absolutely everything. you got nothing left. Your family turns on you. You've got nothing left. And you're sitting there on the bench. Wondering what has happened. And you're sobbing in your hands. Jesus is sitting beside you with his arm around you. The Lord talked about this. About leaving and forsaking family and friends for my sake and the gospels. Because people will turn on you family will turn on you friends will turn on you jobs can be lost money is spent health it can can be gone we're not guaranteed tomorrow you can't make plans for tomorrow for, for your life is as a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away life's uncertain we're not guaranteed tomorrow you can't plan the future take no thought of the morrow as scripture says you take thought of Christ in the here right now where are you with Christ forsake everything we talked about that denying yourself forsake all deny yourself follow me Jesus says forsake all That also means cares and worries and fears and doubts and heavinesses they were all amazed at the mighty power of God the Lord is able to turn things around sometimes he doesn't sometimes he takes things from us the Lord gives and the Lord taketh away blessed be the name of the Lord sometimes he he takes things away for a purpose because he has something else for us but for us to be so determined to get back what we lost but maybe that's what the Lord wanted you to let go Be amazed at the mighty power of God that he will open and close the doors. He builds and he tears down. He gives, he takes away. He makes alive, he takes away life. He's the one that builds, he's the one that tears down. He's the creator, he's the builder, he's the mighty God, he's the one that calls the shots. We just marched it to, to his call prayer and fasting helps us to remember that and to come to grips with that that i need to decrease he needs to increase and when we come to grips with this and when we finally understand this and we finally give ourselves to this this is when the devils realize they've lost and they run when we're standing in our wildernesses and the devils come at us to tempt us and we just keep firing back it is written 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 written. the devils run they come in and they tear down tear apart and cause trouble set fire and we just keep firing at and we're sitting in the sackcloth and ashes we say it is written it is written thus saith the lord though you slay me yet will i trust in him the devils realize they can't get you all they can do is tear up the place all they can do is wreck up the place all they can do is throw fits and tantrums but they can't tear your faith oh they can do de- they can destroy the body fear not him which can kill the body oh they can attack your health they can attack your flesh they can't attack your spirit Fear him which can kill both body and soul in hell. Fear not him. Fear not him which can kill the body. You don't fear the wolf bites. You don't fear the snake bites. You don't fear those serpents of hell, though they latch onto the hand, like Paul when he's gathering the sticks and they goes to throw them in the fire and the viper reaches and grabs the hand. He just shook it off into the fire and ignored it. You ignore the serpent's bites. Faith in Christ. The devil throws us down. They tear us. Christ picks us up. He heals us. We need to remember that. Because when it happens again, we have a tendency to forget how how we got out of it last time. Every time it happens to us, we think this is the worst time. No, this is the worst time. No, this is the worst time. And we forget how the Lord has picked us up before how did you overcome before giving yourself to christ prayer and fasting devotion belief of faith belief of faith this is what all scripture is about from genesis to revelation this is what the lord keeps trying to show us and tell us and cause us to be in remembrance again and again and again and again from genesis to revelation belief of faith is what it's all about faith in who in what What are you trusting? What are you trusting? I keep showing this. But this is so apropos. This is so on the nose. This is the whole thing. If your faith is based upon your ideologies. If your faith is based upon your feelings. If your faith is based upon your experiences. If your faith is based upon what your senses can determine. Then that's not faith. That's not faith. That's dead faith. Beware of faith based on anything else but Christ alone. Faith in Christ. Why could not we cast him out? Because of your doubting faith. Because you doubted. And they were all amazed at the mighty power of god but while they wondered everyone at everyone at all things which jesus did he said to his disciples let these sayings sink down into your ears for the son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men what is the point it's about christ and who he is and what he's done and this is why we're here we are not here to have our best life now we are not here To build empires and have successes and money and fame and fortune in this life. It's not about this life. Store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and rust doth not corrupt, or thieves do not break through and steal. It's not about here. Yes, we're here and we can enjoy life, but if we're enjoying life with absence of Christ, then is that real spiritual enjoyment? Where is Christ? What are you holding on to? If you were to lose everything, would you still believe? Oh, it's easy. It's easy to say yes right now when everything's safe. But I want you to ask yourself that when everything's going wrong. When your spouse, your family, your friends, your job, your home, your everything, your finances, all fall apart. Where is your faith? Faith is faith when everything goes wrong that's that's when faith is real and as dr martin lloyd jones says faith is refusal to panic job sat down and didn't panic oh sure he he was heavy he was depressed he was angry but he didn't doubt the lord well he doubted himself but he didn't doubt the lord that's what the devil was trying to attack his faith in his faith in the lord his faith in god satan said bye if you took all this away from me he'll curse you to your face and god says okay take it take from him do whatever you want to him but you can't take his life satan took everything from him even his health that's faith the devil will cast you down and tear you he tore job he tore peter Peter betrayed the Lord. He tore Peter. He tore Paul. In deaths often. (laughs) In deaths often. The devils tore the prophets. Which of the prophets did they not kill? Some of them were stoned to death. Some of them were sawn in half. He tore the devils tore the apostles. They were all butchered and slaughtered, except for the Apostle John. What makes you think they're not going to try to tear you? We need to prepare for that. We need to strengthen our faith. We need to learn what faith is. Faith is coming to the Lord, even when we're just racked with all the fears and heavinesses and doubts. This is where the power of the Lord is really shown where the lion of judah comes running and where the lord sitting in his throne shakes with anger when the enemy assaults his children that's what the scriptures say and he rends the heavens and comes down and he breaks and he breaks their arms he breaks their bows of steel he thrusts them through with their own sword he breaks their eye teeth the lord goes to town on the enemy He beats them up something fierce. He comes to your rescue. Faith is remembering that the Lord is always there for us. And He will come to our rescue. It may not feel like it. But feelings are liars. Feelings are liars. Your feelings will tell you God has abandoned you the feelings and the emotions of the moment will tell you that it's all pointless and there's no no reason and no one cares and they lie feelings are manipulated by devils your feelings and emotions are manipulated by physical material circumstances you can't trust your feelings feelings will tell you that you're not saved and christ doesn't love you maybe you're going to hell your feelings are of the devil. You can't trust them. Your feelings are uncertain. You can't listen to them. You can't look at them. You can't pay attention to them. Feelings will tell you to not trust this. Feelings will cause you to doubt this. Feelings will cause you to stop praying. Stop going to church. Stop reading. Stop calling the saints. Stop stop looking to the, uh, the multitude of counselors. Where there's wisdom where they'll lift you up. Feelings will tell you to isolate yourself. Feelings will tell you to to, to uh, isolate yourself and to leave everyone else off and to uh, stay in depression. Feelings will cause you to wallow in misery again and again and again. But the Lord tells you to get out of that. How's your devotional life? How's your devotional life? Where is your faith? Is the lord describing you when he says oh faithless and perverse generation this is as much meant for me as it is for everyone else is the lord talking to you is this really tapping on your shoulder does the shoe fit what do you do what do i do what do i do where do i start how do i start you start by Picking up your Bible, go into a quiet room, close the door, leave away all distractions and hindrances, all notifications, ignore absolutely everything. Get down on your knees and cry unto the Lord. Start there. Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. This is what the Lord says. You bring them into it. Strengthen your faith. Build it up again. Introduce yourself to Christ again. You can't lose your salvation, but you can lose your relationship. You can't lose your salvation, but you can lose your faith, your believing trust. You can't lose your salvation, but you can lose your fire of devotion. You can't lose your salvation, but you can lose your communication with God. So get it back. How would you fix a physical relationship let's say you you have a strained relationship with a loved one with a family member how would you fix that you come back to them and in humility and meekness you say sorry and you fix it the lord doesn't hold grudges he does not hold grudges and like the father he who, who sees the prodigal son way down the distance he sees the prodigal son coming he takes off running and embraces his son if you would just turn around and acknowledge him and introduce yourself to the lord again he will run to you and embrace you in a great big bear hug he'll take a look at all of the the shreddings and the and the tearings that the devils did on you he looks at all the wounds and he will heal them he'll pour in the oil and wine and he'll bandage up he will comfort he'll wipe away the tears he'll bring you peace he'll help you he'll comfort you he'll hold you when no one else will he will he will never betray you what the what the lord has to say what he may show you it may hurt but he'll never deceive you with a lie any form of hurt, it's for your own good, for you to learn and grow, and He'll comfort, He'll help. Like a loving parent may sometimes have to discipline. He will do it, but because He loves you, He does it. We may not understand it at the time, but it's what we need. Sometimes we need the smack of awareness. We all need it. But to trust Him, nonetheless trust believing trust no matter what the world may throw us, no matter what the devil's throw at us no matter what our flesh throws at us no matter what circumstances throw at us to bring it to the Lord that's why he says that over and over and over and over and over again all the way through the whole scriptures it's what the prophets spoke on it's what the disciples spoke on it's what Christ spoke on it's what all of scripture from Genesis to Revelation speaks on that's the whole point that's what the book of Judges is all about Coming back to the Lord. It's the Lord that does it. It's the Lord that helps. Why do we forget that? Why are we so quick to forget that? That's why the Lord wrote so much about why he's so quick to take us back. If we would just acknowledge him. If we would just pray. If we would just seek His face, if we would just repent of our wicked ways, He will hear us. He will help us. He will build us up again, again, and 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 again. But that's the patience of the Lord. Some of us are a little bit more uh, thick-headed than others. Some of us are a bit more problem children than others. But the Lord loves you nonetheless. He loves you no less than anyone else. We're equal in the eyes of God. We all struggle. We all have our problems. We all have those things in our lives we wish that we could get over. We all do. No one is exempt. The first step is to acknowledge it second step is to swallow our pride and the third call upon the Lord let these sayings sink down into your ears for the son of man shall be delivered into the hands of men but they understood not this saying and it was hid from them that they perceived it not and they feared to ask him of that saying you can preach and preach and preach and preach and preach on these things but you can't preach conviction you can tell people over and over and, over and 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 over again and they won't get it some people have to learn the hard way and that's why sometimes some things happen some people just they just don't get it and they have to learn with a hands-on technique the Lord may lead you through something so that you would learn it's not because the lord is mean or the lord has handed you over to the devil like job or whatever but because you're being a little stubborn you're being a bit of a problem child maybe you need to learn the hard way it's because he loves you is why he doesn't abandon you in it why he doesn't just cast you to the wolves the lord doesn't throw us to the wolves He's the shepherd that beats the wolves over the head with the rod of iron. <laughs> he beats the wolves down. But he causes you to walk with him through the pack. But like Psalm 23, the valley of the shadow of death. For us to learn. Death to self. To die to suffer, To learn by faith. To not trust in yourself. To not trust in your strength and your wisdom, your knowledge, and your own abilities, your philosophies, or anything else your health, your strength, your power, your money, or the people or circumstances of your life. You can't trust anything. You can only trust Christ. To learn to let go. Some of us live in the valley of the shadow of death. That's where faith abounds. Faith increases in tribulations and trials. Faith is more than just knowing. Faith is more than just affirming religious ideologies. Faith is knowing of the heart, from personal experience, knowing that the Lord will always deliver. He will always deliver. He will never abandon. He said so and he cannot lie, no matter what my feelings decree, no matter what anyone else says we may not get it we may not perceive it many people are just too afraid to ask some people are too afraid to approach the preacher to ask for help too afraid to tell other friends or family they just keep it all to themselves and they just bottle it up bottle it up bottle it up and they're afraid to ask they won't even pray about it like they're afraid to even let god know about it but if you're bottling up your problems and stuff like that you're only killing yourself. That's faithlessness. That's fearfulness and faithlessness. And God dislikes that. He wants you to tell him. Isaiah 9, 6. What are his names? Wonderful counselor. He's the one that you can tell. God already knows anyways. Stop being an Adam and Eve and hiding in the trees. or thinking that you can hide from God. It didn't work for Jonah. It's not going to work for you. You need to let it out let it out cry unto the lord if you're too afraid to tell people then tell him pour all out watch god work watch him split that sea he can deliver he can help you when no one else can when it see when, when you can't see how it's physically possible that's when he does the supernatural the whole point of this today folks the whole point of this today I didn't plan this message I didn't plan this but we see a pattern there's no such thing as accidents luck coincidence in the saint's life when you commit it all to the Lord he's the one that establishes it he guides the paths guides the feet guides the words we must trust in him with all our heart a lean not to our own understanding but in all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct our paths and that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee can you do that do you want to do that then stop talking about it and do it If you have any comments, questions, issues, insights, please, by all means, go ahead. Ask away. We're going for an hour and fifty-four. Awesome. Alrighty. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, so. Faith. It is not works. <coughs> Excuse me faith is not works and as it's not by faith for salvation it's it sorry when it is it's not by works for salvation it's by faith alone faith is believing trust faith is not works as not by works for salvation it's not by works to keep you close to the Lord it's not brownie point system where I have to do to keep God happy it's not about works It's not about doing things to earn his approval it's not about doing things to earn brownie points with god it's not about doing it's about believing it's about believing trust like the thief on the cross he couldn't get baptized he couldn't do works he couldn't do anything but he believed and that's what pleases the lord what pleases the lord more than works is believing trust A person who is never able to do anything in their life. Of any form of works. But they believe the Lord purely from the heart. In full believing trust. The Lord Lord is pleased with that more than the most religious. It's about believing trust. Stop looking on the outward. Stop judging the outward. Stop judging the appearance stop looking at the things the circumstances and stuff look inwardly look at the heart the believing trust of the heart you look at christ the spirit of god the spirit of christ that lives in the heart of every believer look inwardly at faith who cares about situations and circumstances everyone leaves you everyone dies everything falls apart The world's on fire of hell stop looking outwardly start looking inwardly look at the spirit of christ that that dwells in in you that seals you that holds you start looking at the hand of the father that envelops you that wraps around you and holds you and you look you look at his power his strength his guidance his dealing you can't open the hand of god and nothing else can he holds god holds you With the death grip. The death of Christ is death, burial, resurrection. Christ holds you with his death grip. Nothing is stronger than that. So why fear? Fear not, worry not, doubt not, fret not, stress not, weep not, be anxious for nothing, care not. (laughs) rejoice rejoice cheer up you soon be dead <laughs> so that's the whole the whole thing to rejoice for the lord has conquered this world he's conquered this life in christ we are more than victors in christ we are more than conquerors he he is able to deliver he is able but the fact that that he is able to deliver is enough for us to rejoice even before the troubles come upon us because we know that when the troubles do that he's able to deliver us look what he did to egypt babylon rome all the rest of them look what he did to the wicked to those that tore it down look what he does to the devils i've read the back of the book and we win if that doesn't bring a smile to your face and make you rejoice i don't know what will The fact that he saves us by sheer grace alone, by believing trust alone, if that doesn't cheer you up and make you rejoice, I don't know what will. You don't have to earn God's favor. You don't have to earn God's favor. His favor is given to you because of the blood of Christ. You don't have to earn a spot in heaven. It's given to you by believing trust. He loves you despite yourself he overlooks your faults and sees your need he forgives and forgets your sins if that doesn't make you rejoice i don't know what will i will never leave you nor forsake you no matter how stupid you are that's my translation i guess it suits me but it's true no matter how stupid we are no matter how much we fall flat on our face he will never abandon us He will never abandon us no matter what we do no matter how stupid we are no matter how difficult we are no matter how much of a problem child we are he will never ever abandon you he stands beside you through thick and thin no matter what happens Every time from the highest mountain peaks of joy to the lowest valleys of death and weeping and self-degradation, he's right beside us with his arm around us with a death grip upon us. He death grips our soul. That when this old flesh suit of sin finally dies, his grip upon our soul brings us up to him. Let us walk like we're already there let us pray like we're already standing before the great throne of god envision it folks envision it picture it use your sanctified imagination how do you think you're gonna feel when you're actually standing in the very temple of god you feel the coolness of the floor under your feet and you you're there you feel the the reverberation from the angel wings flying around the throne and the sound of them singing and all the other hosts of angels singing and the sounds of the saints singing you smell the incense before the throne and there he is there's the face of god sitting upon the throne staring How do you think you'll feel? Feel that now. You're going to see that. You're going to hear that. You're going to feel that. You're going to be there your name is written in the book you're going to hear the rustle of his arm on the robes you're going to see his hand move grab the book you're going to hear the rustling of the pages you're going to hear his finger run down the page and you're going to see a smile come across his face he's going to read out your name that's how you overcome depression that's how you overcome heaviness That's how you overcome the devils that's how you overcome this world by stop living in it by stop caring about it by giving it to the lord warts and all give it to the lord and rejoice in god our savior rejoice in that it is written It's written in the deepest, hardest stone with the finger of God himself. He wrote it. And it cannot be lost. It cannot be taken away. It cannot be adulterated. It cannot be torn apart. The word of God is established unto all generations. It's above his very name. God hath said it is written. And there's nothing in this world. There's no devil of hell. There's no power of Satan that can undo it. THAT'S how you overcome heaviness. By remembering His goodness. By remembering His goodness. The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Lord, I'm sorry for freaking out again i'm sorry for throwing a fit i'm sorry for the temper tantrum i'm sorry for fearing i'm sorry for doubting i'm sorry for stressing lord i'm sorry for name calling and getting all mad and i'm sorry for my fit lord lord i'm sorry again please forgive me again he says i'm sorry I say I'm sorry. They say they're sorry. That's the whole point. And God says, I forgive you. And he forgets it. He forgives and forgets. God says, good, you're done. All right, let's get up. Let's go. All done. We're like, wait, wait, wait. Isn't there something else? like, no, that's all I wanted. You acknowledge it. You apologize. Good, that's it. Let's go. But, but you remember what I did? Stop wallowing in it. Forgetting the things of the past. Forgetting the things of the past. Put it out of your mind. Stop wallowing in it. I've already forgiven and forgotten it. Why do you keep bringing it up? Why are you bringing it up? Stop it. <laughs> Let's go. Our Lord rejoices in repentance of the heart. The Lord smiles. You want to make God smile? Apologize forget about it. Stop living in it. Stop fearing about it. Stop bringing it to bed. Where you're laying on your bed and, you, and you're in sweats and tears and you're worried and fretting and fearing. Stop doing that. But 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 I there's nothing in the cupboard. Really? Well, then he'll fill it. But I, I don't know how to pay this off. Really? He'll provide. Watch God work. But but I don't know what to say he'll give you the words this is true so many Christians don't want to believe it I don't get that you know I I really honestly don't I really don't understand that why so many Christians don't want to believe in the power of living by faith that doesn't mean that you won't hear and fret and worry it means you'll stop caring you may have moments of emotional surge for whatever but you get over it and you keep on like George Mueller he didn't ask a person for a penny and look what he accomplished one of the greatest examples of living by faith look at John the Baptist he lived he lived for over 30 years by faith the Lord can provide. You don't plan for the morrow. You live in the moment in the Lord. And you don't worry about it. You don't worry about how it will come to pass. You just know the Lord will do it. You don't know where the water is coming from. Which rock it will be. But it will come. You don't know which bird of the air will bring the bread to Elijah. But he'll do it. You don't know how the wall of Jericho will come down. But you know that he'll do it. You don't know where to go as you're wandering through the wilderness. You have no idea where you're going, but he's leading. That's what it's all about. You don't know where you're going. You don't know how it's going to be. And you don't care. You're there just to enjoy the ride. You're there just to enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Watch God work. Watch how he smacks the eye teeth out of the devils that come to trouble you. Oh, the devils may bust down the door. They may kick down the door and wreck up the place and you'll be in a right mood. Don't, just don't, just, just don't. Repent of your surge of emotion. Calm down. Give it to the Lord. Watch God work. How we can have how we can have our best life now is by giving up our life. And store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. By faith. Joel Osteen's got it completely backwards. Alright. We'll wrap that up there. I'm out of breath now oh okay let's go down through the comments make sure I didn't miss anything okay we're talking about coffee and coffee okay (laughs) okay Dana says okay uh so I was asking about the letter of Luke uh like Jeremiah I think the hound ruler that said he was too young and didn't have the words right also does the flesh get in the way how do we quiet the flesh and let his spirit speak And we talked about that. Okay. And Lindsay says, I've been instructing my two and four year olds about memorizing scriptures and they really enjoy it via Bible adventures. Yep. Yep. No one's too young to start. Um, Train up a child in the way you should go and when he is old, you'll not depart from it. It doesn't say how old they'll be. But when he is old, he will not depart from it. So the point is, is, they'll remember. Um now there's many different ways to memorize things and here let me just walk you through something real quick you can memorize anything that you enjoy you can memorize all of the statistics of your favorite sports team you can memorize all the details of your favorite political stances you can memorize all of your favorite lines and quotes and stuff from your favorite movies and TV shows you can memorize every single song on the radio But you struggle to memorize scripture what does that say so it's about prioritization we need to acknowledge that for people who struggle to memorize scripture they need to acknowledge that that it's not that they can't memorize scripture is that they don't want to the brutal honesty brutal honesty it's not that they can't, it's that they don't want to. Because they can memorize anything that they put their mind to. You memorize all the stuff for your schoolwork. work, you memorize all the stuff about your job and how to do your job and everything else. You memorize all the stuff about road and cars and everything else. But you can't memorize scriptures because you don't want to. Brutal honesty, folks. Keep that in mind. All right. And evangelism, we're talking about evangelism and witnessing. It can come in many different forms. From being out in the street, street preaching. From one-on-one, face-to-face. To handing out tracts. You can send the emails. You can text people. You can call people. There are many, 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 many ways to evangelize. Use your imagination. Many ways to evangelize. The point is, is to at least try to witness. Try to speak up. Try to be a witness of the majesty of God is the fact that at least in some form some manner you do it doesn't matter how just as long as you do that's the lord wants he wants you to at least do something at least do something nobody is beyond the ability and capability of witnessing in some form or manner so yeah okay uh going down through and yes talking about demonic activities it comes in many different forms now even if something goes goes wrong don't go looking for devils just don't go looking for devils don't immediately jump to "Well, oh, this is demonic the point is is that whether it is or it isn't it doesn't matter it's a negative issue that's hindering your walk with the Lord so whether there's a devil in it or not, even if it's just a natural thing, who knows? That doesn't matter. What matters is that it's a thing that's getting in the way, regardless who or what brought it upon. Doesn't matter. Get rid of it. Is you overcome it, and if you're struggling to overcome it, fasting in prayer is what helps you to overcome. Okay. Now, going down through. (laughs) Elka says, it's like you're describing me. I'm describing each and every one of us. There isn't a single person who could listen to this broadcast and say, this does not apply to me. This applies to every single individual Christian. Especially me. I struggle a lot. I'm a very emotional guy, you know. As I struggle with frustrations and issues and fears and stuff, and all the time I struggle with fits, and I get angry a lot, and I I I struggle with it, but the Lord helps bring me back every time. Every time I have a little outburst, I feel all ashamed of myself, and the Lord gets a hold of me, and and like a little kid, I come walking up to the Lord, my head down, and say, "I'm sorry, I was stupid again." The Lord helps me. we're we're all like that we all fear we all doubt we all stress we are all anxious we're all fearful that's the point that's the point like the disciples in the boat in the storm jesus in the boat too and he was sound asleep we are all those disciples say master we perish that's all of us we're all in the same boat we're all in the same boat to never think that other people are better than you no one is there isn't one single christian that's better than you none there's not one single christian that could say that this does not apply to them and that they don't struggle with this even the apostles even paul he struggled he had a lot of problems he had a host of problems Things I want to do I can't do. The things I don't want to do I do. A wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of sin? He struggled. Peter struggled. They all struggled. Elijah struggled. Greatly. So did Moses. Moses was exceptionally fearful and doubting. Read through the story again. He was always fearful, running to the Lord, but running to the Lord. Elijah ran to the Lord paul kept running back to the lord peter ran to the lord that's the whole point the more we run to the lord the easier it'll get we'll wear down a path and it'll get easier to find the way every time you want to build a road roadway a regular walkway that we wear down with our feet if constantly coming back to the lord that's what it's all about righteous man falls seven times and stands up again it's the standing up it's about the getting back up that's what the Lord wants don't put your mind upon the fall ignore the mud the spikes and the rocks the sharp rocks and the things that slice us up when we fall the scraped knees and all of that the broken toes from the stubbing our foot and tripping us ignore the bruises and the blood and the scrapes and the cuts that which tears us up that which vexes us sore the lord will bandage it up he will heal us he will strengthen us he will lift us up again worry not doubt not fear not care not stress not weep not he is with us okay all righty so again we'll wrap that up there and uh, so please folks if you enjoy this give us a like give us a thumbs up make sure you subscribe hit notification bell icon so you know when we put up new videos and check out all our other videos we got tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff um, there many different playlists on different topics and studies and discussions and all that goodness please make sure you check uh, all that stuff out and share these around as well and as well please make sure you check out our website christiancoffeetime.ca and we got tons of links over there to our other platforms and goodies and all kinds of stuff over there as well as links to the shops the redbubble and etsy shop got stuff over there for you to encourage and uh, pass out as well as we got free free downloadable pdfs of our gospel tracks over on our website as well you can print them off and hand them out and get busy about the about the business of the lord and yeah so there you go all right folks so god bless you cheer up give it to the lord smile even if it's through grit teeth smile trust the lord put your faith in him consider fasting and prayer it will help you it will be painful at first to get started it will be very difficult to get, get get started but the more you hold out the easier it'll get but the lord will help you he will hear you so give it to the lord wash your hands in the blood of christ And watch God work. Be still and know that he is God. So with that, folks, God bless you. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.